This call is being recorded. Hello, friends. Welcome to Mavs Moneyball After Dark. I am joined today by my co-host and fellow editor here at MavsMoneyball.com. You guys know him as Josh Bow. You might not have heard his voice for a while, though, because due to a uh, the fact that it's the middle of uh, you know it's it's the tail end of of kind of the dark period of basketball the one month a year we get and just kind of life running into us uh, uh repeatedly uh dear friend josh has not been on the show and and he got a five-week break to to rest his <laughs> his lungs um but josh how you doing pretty good uh i guess resting lungs is one way to put it but uh <laughs> when you do back-to-back trips out of town one of them a 12-hour road trip oh, each God. way to denver uh that there's not a lot of rest happening there, but it was good. It was good to do it all. Like, I'm glad we did it, but you know, it gets I, tired. I cannot believe you went 12 hours in a car with a, like a five month old. You are, <laughs> you and your wife are legends. I went six hours once and uh-huh. I was like, I, I'm never doing this again. So this is the, <laughs> this is the part where you hang up on me and you defriend me on all social media platforms. She was not a problem in the car. Good for you. Uh, See, that's she great. slept the Did whole she time. Sleep? Okay, yeah. that's good. That's and we, good. And uh, the problem in the car was just, you know. It's 12 hours in the car. Yes, that was, yes. 12 hours with. <laughs> There's, you don't have to explain people. that to me. Yes. Oh, my yeah. God. I mean, I love a good car ride, but like, like particularly a road trip. But I kind of like after about six hours is when I'm just like, mm, yeah. you know, I'm, I'm kind of done with this. I've heard yeah. I've listened to podcasts. I've listened to music. It's been right. quiet. Especially me and, and size wise. I just don't like being in cars, even though we had we rented a big car. So that wasn't even a problem. So I was just being a baby. So in the in the month, you know, that we've kind of been here, um, we've had, I don't know, probably like, I think it's like eight shows, if I'm counting correctly. But really what we've been doing um, is bringing on, you know, kind of our staff one at a time, those who have been able to make it. We still have plenty who need to come on, and we're going to try to do that as much as we can, um, particularly during the regular season, just so Josh and I cannot have to do the post-game shows every day um even though i do like talking with you it's just it's it's a long season and i think the the last six weeks has probably been the longest break we've had from basketball where the world wasn't completely i mean the world's still pretty fucked but it's not like it was in in between march and when basketball restarted in august during the bubble last year it's like this is like we've had an actual bit of a break and it's been uh we realized we like we were kind of going nuts um me in particular, but we were basically like posting, we're doing stuff all the time and it's not good for, for any of us to work as much as I think we were working. So I think we're going to try to loop in more of our staff this year. And, and it's, it's, it's been fun. Um, I do think so. So I, I lied. I said, nothing has happened last week. The Mavericks signed um, uh, Frank Nilakina and you and I were kind of going back and forth about talking about it, but we really wanted to wait until more of the deals emerged. And it really seems like this is an actual deal. And like, do you have any comments on it? Because I had a next guy, Joe Flynn on, if you haven't downloaded that podcast, do listen. Um, and then he's, he was, he was very bullish on Frank's behalf for, for his role, for his, you know, just getting a fresh start with the Mavericks. Do you have any thoughts? Yeah. Well, um, I don't know. I mean, it's a good dart throw. Like, I, I think that's the best way to surmise it. Uh, mm-hmm. I mean, he might have, in his brief NBA career, you could say he might have been like the worst offensive guard in all of basketball, the ones that got like legitimate minutes. Uh, but, you know, the talent and the defensive tools are there. 
at a position where the Mavericks have zero guys that have tools or defensive talent. Uh, they, they don't have anyone on the roster that can guard point guards. You know, I love Reggie Bullock, but uh, he is not going to guard point guards. Jalen Brunson is not going to guard point guards. Uh, Luca's certainly not going to. Dorian isn't. Uh, so you kind of look it up and down the roster. You know, you got Trey Burke, and you're like, geez, like, they they definitely needed a move like this. Um, I don't know if he's going to – I mean, it sounds like he's got guaranteed this year and a team option. So yeah. uh, at first I thought, I don't know if he's even going to make it past I training a, camp. I thought it was, yeah, training camp and right. But with that, that type of deal, right, yeah, he's going to be on the roster, I think. Uh, I have some thoughts about that in terms of if they have to create some dead – cap space like waving a trey burke and having to pay mm-hmm. trey burke three million this year and three million next year uh, that annoys me uh people got on to me on twitter about it like calling me like they, people really got mad at me when i when i mentioned that because it's such a and i get it it's such a minuscule amount and the mavericks are going to be over the cap next year anyway for unless they do something crazy you know like a Kristaps trade or something right um so I get it, but it's just, you know, it's just, it's one of those small little things that doesn't matter, but like they didn't need, like if you manage your team properly, you don't, you shouldn't be eating dead cap on a player like Trey Burke that you signed with your mid-level a couple of years, you know, like that just shouldn't happen even, even if it's not really that big a deal. So that part annoys me. Um, and then, you know, the other part that annoys me is, you know, he's a guy that's, you know, played played decent amount of minutes uh in his brief four, you know four-year career but you know i think there's a lot of expectation and you know like he's gonna be the 11th or 12th man he's gonna be the guy they throw out there uh which over the course the of year, it's fine you need that like you right. just like you know he but played... i got people i'm looking at people online saying like oh well this is the guy they can put on chris paul and damian lillard uh at the end of you know uh, at the end of quarters and halves i'm like guys well, like, let me the slow, Bulls slow did uh, not the Bulls. What's wrong with me? Thibodeau <laughs> did that to him in the playoffs and put him in on Trey Young and guys, it 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 didn't work because you there's no such thing as a one possession defensive stopper in the NFL. He is not JJ Watt coming in for <laughs> you know every now and again to to rush the pass. Like, what are right. we talking about? Like yeah. basketball is a game where you need to be warm, you need to be in the rhythm. And I actually think, you know. Jason Kidd's predilections, knowing that he kind of prefers defensive players, I think he probably gets some chances. Yeah, and and Joe talked about how you know he he's an he's an okay catch and shoot shooter now. He's not terrible. He's not good, but he can he can do it, and he he can dribble. Um, he's not you know he's not Reggie Bullock, who we also talked about, and I really think it's worth mentioning because I didn't get to I didn't get to use this in any writing, but he said that Reggie Bullock is willing to take the big shot and. This is something just to kind of think about as we get into player previews later on. That then makes three Mavericks willing to take the big shot, not just two and Hardaway and and Luca, which I think is very interesting. Anyways, we'll talk about that later. Um, I don't know. I I don't. I, I went from being like eyes rolling at the move to if a Knicks guy who has not had a lot to hope for, other than you know this last season being kind of the first thing, thinks that. Uh, Frank Nilakina got a raw deal with the Knicks the whole time because I mean I'd forgotten this. He got drafted by Phil Jackson and then Phil Jackson got fired with like within within a yes. week. Like yep. he was never like and and you know he, he Joe said the only reason that they didn't move him is because the Knicks are incompetent, not because it, it it's just they were they were never able to maximize him as an ax, asset. Which is you know I 
it's a dart throw, like you said. And if they managed to, to get, you know, something out of him, I think that's nice. Like some size at a guard position for once in my life is really, is, is just, it's pleasing to hear, even if I don't know if I really believe that it'll work out. Right. It's, he's basically like a, a, the equivalent of the West Wendu move where you're mm-hmm. just, you're taking a stab defensive oriented guy and you're hoping, okay, you're playing with the greatest three point shot creator of all time. Maybe he can, not you know if maybe he can knock down some open threes that Lucas Spoon feeds him, and then we can maximize his defensive end, his defensive talents. Obviously, it didn't happen with Wes Wundu, but you 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 take that's exactly what you do uh, with these end of the roster deals. You take chances on guys young that have potential that might have been looked over that you think, hey, an artist is you know because you believe in your system, right? Like if you're mm-hmm. if you consider yourself a competent basketball organization, which you you know the Mavericks do that. They're probably looking at themselves and like, hey, like let's get them in with our player development coaches. Let's get them in with our system, and 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 we can do something. You know, there's a chance we could do something with this. And you know, they've had they've had success with that uh, in the past. Now that was with Rick Carlisle as head coach. So we'll we'll see what it's like with Jason Kidd. But you're right, Jason Kidd definitely probably you know, definitely probably that's not a good way to phrase <laughs> it. Uh, he probably prefers the uh, the defensive guard, like you said, mm-hmm. uh, with how he played in Milwaukee. Uh, so yeah, like I said, it's, it's a good dart throw. I only got angry about it online one because it was just, I was just being angry online for no, no, no good reason. And no, then because two, I, no, and then I two people, people, I, I've got a inkling that people think he's going to be like a 15 minute a game guy, uh, day one. And I, I just hope people don't realize, people right. realize like if, that. if we're talking game 30 and he's worked himself into the 10 man rotation, that's a win. Giant this is, yeah. It, it, that that'd be outstanding, and and you know he'll like he's likely to get some time just because injuries happen. Well, all right. So you said something there that that really pivot gets me to pivot to what we're going to talk about at least for the rest of the show. So during kind of the hiatus, I talked with Tim Yeager, House Mavericks. I talked with our, our man Xavier. I talked with Lauren Gunn. I talked with Istok, and I it was really with- fun to hear all those voices too. We, yeah, oh yeah, outstanding. Like we've we've assembled like the the people that write for us. I'm just so delighted that that they're on our site. Um, we're really lucky to have the people that we do, and I'm I'm grateful to them. But I'll tell you, one of the side effects about talking with that group is I have I have officially talked myself into the <laughs> the Mavericks. Like I, I'm as close to optimistic as I can get. Um, I think Xavier in general, even though I don't know if he would realize this, but he's just like more or less his argument is you got to dance with the one who brought you and they're not going to get rid of Porzingis. And so it's time to just sort of buy into the bullshit and hope that Porzingis is the guy, because if he is the guy in any way, shape or form where, when what I mean by the guy is he doesn't look like dog shit on defense, then the Mavericks have a chance because is talk shared this amazing statistic on, on our podcast the four like the Mavericks lost four times all season when they played league average or better defense that's <laughs> that about right and, and and you know it's funny because Bobby Corral and I've been talking about this forever he's just like as long as they don't play like crap they can they win games and it's like but when you hear it it's like man it, if Porzingis can just, cause they were like 17th, I want to say in defensive rating as a team and 19 and 20, and they were really good. And then they tumbled to like 22nd and no small part because of Porzingis. A lot of our fans don't like it. They, they, the people, particularly kind of the Porzingis homers really don't like it when we crush Porzingis, but it's like, guys, that's, that's what he was hired to do. 
and he was not hired to be the alpha. He was hired to be the defensive anchor. And the offense is 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 a bonus because um, the Mavericks don't need it. He just makes it. He makes them go to warp speed. And after listening to these guys talk, I am now kind of just in the opinion where I think that with the schedule and the roster and kind of the the argument for continuity, that the Mavericks are going to be the kind of team in the regular season where they might win, you know, like fifty five games. Yeah, I mean. <laughs> I think the weird thing about how I'm feeling is, and I know we talked about this in the pre-show, is I'm not necessarily down on the Mavericks as a regular season team. I'm kind of the opposite. I mean, they should be a kick-ass regular season team. I mean, they're, I'm writing this in, in a post like about you know four big questions Mavericks need to answer for this season that I kind of try to do every year before the season starts. And one of my questions is, is are the Mavericks going to set the the, reg, the offensive regular season record for efficiency, offensive efficiency again? Because they basically have the the team that did it in 2019-2020, but you add you know Reggie Bullock, you add uh, Sterling Brown, and yeah, you don't have Seth Curry, but it, they basically just added more shooting to that team. Uh, and you look at the team last year, and they still weren't—they ter- weren't ba- a bad offensive team. And you take away, you know, Josh Richardson playing 30 minutes a night, giving you really, you know, weird, weird offensive possessions and no shooting. And you, and you give Bullock those 30 minutes, and you give Sterling Brown some of the minutes that you were given to, you know, one do at times, Melly, you know, when they tried to play big with Melly and, and Redick, who didn't always get into the game. Uh, Burke, like the they their bench after Brunson when Hardaway was starting was very suspect. So mm-hmm. uh, Brown, if Brown gets some minutes, he's going to really provide a boost there. I mean, it's going to be Luke. I mean, of course, the wild card is kid, but right. if they play as they should play, I mean, it's going to be Luca with four guys that aren't just like Dorian Finney-Smith is going to be the worst shooter in the lineup, and isn't that what we've been we've been begging the Mavericks to do forever? If they start, you know. Luca, THJ, Dorian, Bullock, Przingis, like you would, you would die to have Dorian, or at least close with something like that. Right? Yeah, that should be the money lineup. Uh, And even if not, I I mean, I don't know. I I can't. I can't imagine them not starting THJ and uh, Mm -hmm. Bullock. Um, So we'll see where that goes. But but I mean, it's going to be Luca and four shooters, and it's going to be 2019, 2020 where Luca is running the show and he's whipping passes to every which corner and he's running pick and rolls and, and you don't have these weird possessions with, you know, Josh Richardson and, 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 and James Johnson that kind of gunk things up uh, from their pristine offensive machine. Like it's going to be a riot uh, how good offensively this team is. If, you know, again, uh, if Jason Kidd doesn't get in the way of that. Um, so like, I'm ex- like that. That's, I don't really even feel like that's in question. Like they're going to be a dynamite, they're like potentially a three seed if if they can stay healthy yeah. the whole season. Uh, yeah. Again, my 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 uh, fear is they basically addressed almost very little of the the postseason concerns aside from adding, aside from Bullock's defense. Hopefully, uh, you know, making a little bit more of a difference than what they had to throw out last year with Maxi having to guard you know Kawhi Leonard. You know, hopefully they have a roster now where in the playoffs Maxi isn't guarding small forwards uh you know that's why you bring in a guy like bullock uh but otherwise is you know i'm looking at this roster and i'm seeing luca with a 40 percent usage rating and i'm seeing guys miss you know it's gonna be make or miss again like 
just are these guys going to make shots or not? Uh, it's going to be all up to Luca again. Is Luca going to be worn out? Like those playoff questions are still very, very, very relevant. Um, and I don't think the Mavericks obviously did did not do enough to address that. But regular season wise, man, sky's the limit for this team uh, if, if they stay healthy and kid stays out of the way. Yeah, yeah, and I mean uh, on. The two outside, like non like Mavs Moneyball people who've appeared on the show in the last several weeks were um Rob Mahoney and and uh Dave DeFore, and each of them basically voiced that concern about Kit. Like it can't be expressed properly to people who are kind of stuck in the Dallas media bubble. Everyone thinks Jason Kidd sucks. <laughs> yeah. Everyone. Not there's not a single person I have spoken to outside the Dallas media that thinks Jason Kidd is a good coach. And so I don't know how to reconcile that piece of data with uh, with with what's going on with what I think the X's and O's will show. But we'll circle back to that when there's the time like it's 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 time for it's time for kind of cautious optimism, um, because as, as I've talked about, I think that, that the Luca Olympic loss, um, he can't play Olympic basketball for three years. So he's going to channel that frustration into something. And I. I'm looking forward to seeing what weird thing he comes back and does this season. But, you know, there, there's the, the Porzingis thing is, is just kind of the constant overarching X factor. I wrote a thousand words on it for the, the preview, which we're going to circle back kind of to our content schedule here shortly. Um, but, but Porzingis, if he is even okay, I, it just can't, I don't think people understand how bad he was in the second half of the year. His usage rate declined every single month. To, to finish the season he was he was awful and yes he was efficient but the the player that he wants to be versus the player that he was are just we're just so far apart by the end of the year and i'm kind of i'm just feeling interested in what they can do if oh sorry about that that's the uh that's mav's money dog who do you think it is Hawk? it's, it's <laughs> like no one comes in my house except for my wife and me and he barks at her um <laughs> Sorry about that. I wish I could edit that, but I'm not going to because it's the preseason and we're all getting up 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 to speed. Um, and it, it's it's just he is going to be. I, I really think he starts the season gangbusters, meaning Porzingis, because he's had a long time to get his body right. He's showing all the pictures. Granted, we you know we make fun of him because anytime he's hugging an exercise ball, it's worth worth making fun of. Yeah, I mean he did um, that last year too. Yeah. And so <laughs> it's, it's, I'm just, I'm looking forward to it. And yeah, so yeah. go ahead. I'm going uh, to mute myself to my wife wants to use the ice maker. I'm sorry. Um, you're right about, you know, defensively, he was just awful. And that's really, I, I don't know what to think of him offensively, especially now that there is a new coaching staff and then, you know, kid is in charge. I don't, I just, it's such a wild card. It feels it feels impossible to predict, but I, you know what we do know is last season, Przingis, uh, even you know he was his most efficient season ever. The reason was because he did almost zero offensive creation or shot creation. I mean, I think he was assisted on about seventy-two percent of his baskets. His free throw rate was about twenty percent, uh, by far career low. And to be honest, he got that up there in the last month of the season because it was like. 18, 19% for, for about three fourths of the season. Uh, so he wasn't getting the free throw line. You know, he wasn't initiating contact. He wasn't creating shots on his own. Uh, certainly wasn't creating shots for others uh, in the traditional sense, you know, him standing on the floor certainly does that just 
to account for his spacing as a seven, three guy and a seven, three guy that other teams fear. And again, that's very valuable. And I think, you know, it's, I think anytime we've talked about the Mavericks potentially moving off of Kristaps, I've always kind of couched it with, well, the Mavericks have to find some sort of facsimile for him at the five, because I think that really unlocks a lot of what Luca wants to do uh, offensively. And I don't know if Luca is at a stage yet of his career where he could consistently for an 82 game season, uh, create efficient offense for himself without a five man pulling uh, rim defenders out of the paint. Uh, and that's not a knock on Luca. It's just, you know, I mean, just, it's just kind of the reality of, you know, where he is with his, with his, uh, with his fitness. Um, so, you know, there's that, I just don't know what, what, you know, is kid going to feature him more on offense? Is he going to try to get him more looks? I, I don't, I don't know. Uh, but defensively, that's where, you know, it doesn't matter who's coaching. That's where just the improvement has to lie. And, you know, in 1920, he was one of the better rim de- rim protectors uh, in the league. You know, he's one of the bigger defensive difference makers going by all sorts of uh, advanced stats. Uh, and I mean, just eye tests as well. You know, he was just a difference maker on that end of the floor. He wasn't that last season. So so that's the hope for me. I, I'm I'm not going to make any predictions about what he looks like offensively next season because I think it's just way too much of a wild card with how how limited he was in terms of shot creation, self-shot creation last season and new uh, new head coach that I don't have a good read on. But like I said, defensively, that shouldn't matter whether it was Rick coaching or Jason coaching. He has to be better on defense. And if, he, if a full offseason of him working out without rehabbing and not have not being injured isn't enough to get him looking uh, at least a little bit more springier uh, on the defensive end, then there's going to be issues. So that that's got to be where it is. And I, and I understand there being hope there because he did it. He did it in 19, 1920. Um, so if he, it, it seems like it's just a matter of him, if it is of his mind being able to match his body and if his body can get there and, that's the hope, right? Just hope he hope he stays healthy and hope the health, healthy offseason did it. So one of the things that I think is is interesting to me, and, and I, I keep circling back to this, is the fact that I really have undervalued just how crazy last season was. And understanding that the Mavericks aren't going to play four and a half games in seven nights for like 35 games in a row, I think matters to Porzingis. Um, yeah, definitely. And, uh, you know, they had a plan that, you know, you can, you can make a plan, put it on paper. And then when the rubber meets the road, it just clearly, there wasn't enough rest time for Porzingis. He probably started the season, you know, he missed the first nine games and then he had to play. He had to play. The Mavericks did not have enough warm bodies because all those guys got COVID after the, um, I think it was Chicago Denver ish. And then yep. everything just went sideways. And so my, my thought process now is that the Mavericks are going to, to be able to regiment him to some degree. Now, the one thing that, that the team can't do, and this is not on Porzingis, this is a team thing. They can't have games where if one of the two stars is not playing, where they just fart around. Like, that's what killed them. They could have been a fourth seed last year if they just would have won some easier games. But instead, what they did is they won 66% of their games past I don't know, game 40 or whatnot. And then they lost to the Kings three times. So it's like, okay, guys, like you really got to get it together. So I don't know. There's, there's just that sort of sense of optimism for me. And, you know, I'm sure that sense of optimism will last until like the first check-in at the first quarter of the first regular season game. (laughs) But for now I'm, I'm sort of choosing to lean into this because I just think they're going to be such a bear. And if they're a real bear to play in the regular season and they're a three, four seed and they're not, 
you know, they get home court advantage. They don't have to play Paul George and Kawhi Leonard. Like, what does that mean? Like, obviously, Luka can't play at a 50% usage rate for two months. But I sort of wonder if if these problems, yeah, they might rear their head. But if they rear their head in the second round, as opposed to getting waxed in the first, are we mad? I Probably, because I'm, you know, you and I like to get mad. But I, I don't know. It's, <laughs> it's a different it's a different layer of, of expectation. And, and so I'm just, I don't know, that's kind of where I am with it. And, and, you know, not, I think also I'm excited. It's like, I'm excited to watch basketball. I'm also excited to not watch basketball three out of four nights. Like, uh, you know, you and I may be talking three times a week instead of five times a week. That appeals to me. Yeah. <laughs> and totally. you know, it, it allows, it allows for more fun too, like digestion and then overreacting to the games instead of just grinding through stuff. Right. And we can actually like talk about the games instead of, and it's like, Hey, what happened in this game? Let's, you know, if there's a day or two between, we can actually like break, you know, we can write more stuff about that game and interesting things we saw. And instead of it being like, Oh, throw that game in the trash. Here's a new game with totally different stuff happening. Uh, So yeah, that's going to be nice. And I don't, you know, everyone should fill up. I mean, with Kristaps going back to Kristaps real quick, like, like if you're not going to get optimistic about these conditions, then you're never going to be right. Like this mm-hmm. is everything's looking up. Everything's looking up Millhouse. Uh, he's got, <laughs> you've got, you've got a normal season with, with normal games that aren't condensed. He wasn't hurt in the season. He didn't rehab for the first time in what feels like literal years. Um, he has a new coach that potentially doesn't piss him off that much um like it's all there like there's no uh, the so the flip side of that is this is also kind of it right like if it mm-hmm. if he doesn't look good after this season then then that's kind of it like you you change coaches you you got him healthy you you did everything you could he's playing a normal season um so this is kind of it so it, it's exciting from that standpoint where it's like all the conditions are are lining up for him to p- potentially have a really big bounce back hopefully all-star caliber season and then on the other end of it is kind of the at least in my brain is the dread of holy crap like if it doesn't work after this offseason you know when's it going to work because it's not going to get any better than than what he's been able to do uh the last eight months or so uh so so that's exciting terrifying a little bit but uh but i understand like that's like people should be like there's no reason like unless you got weird brain like me like you should be optimistic about this team they're going to whip so much ass in the regular Uh season it's going to be unreal well that's an easy pivot then to the last thing i wanted to talk about so believe it or (laughs) not the regular season tips off uh on october 21st which is two days away from or two days in a month away from now uh preseason there are only four games thank goodness uh and that kicks off october 6th so with media day being i think the 28th you and myself and our team are putting together or at least attempting to put together a fairly robust uh, amount of preseason coverage um which will then preferably easily translate into to some podcasts because when our team writes about things i want to talk about those things either between you and i or with them um, I don't really know our podcast posting schedule yet, but once we start rolling out kind of kind of ideas, I know you and I will probably circle back and do like three or four player previews in a row and just talk about guys individually. 
Um, and then, you know, there, there's your big questions, which I'm really looking forward to, which we should probably break out into a multi-post series. Cause if you're doing like 2,500 words, like you love to do, um, <laughs> <laughs> we should, we should squeeze it. Um, but there's some, so the guys have some good uh, topics. We have a lot of round tables. Um, Luke is writing a really interesting series that, that I, it, it's really funny, frankly, about, uh, comparing the Mavericks to the other top teams in the league. And just some of it's, it's nice to read because, you know, we kind of get bogged down in Maverick stuff and I've gotten the kick out of editing some of what he's coming, coming through with. And we have some, you know, uh, Ben is going to do some questions with other uh, division sites just because we end up playing the Mavericks end up playing divisional opponents the most more that uh, throughout the regular season, or we may do some division previews. If we can get there. We'll see. We're going to be churning out stuff though. is sort of the point. Um, so we hope you come back and read it. We hope that you uh, sign up for our new, we have a new commenting system underneath all of our uh, blogs. And so it's if you had a username already, you can go through and do it again. It, it's just a re-sign up using the same information. And then last but not least, I want to pimp uh, our green room shows that I don't know how often I'll be doing. Uh, we'll be doing them during the regular season for sure. I'm going to be doing a Friday show during the day. Um, it's just fun to talk with you guys. <laughs> so yeah, do you have uh, do you have anything else before we roll on out? No, I'm I'm looking forward to getting back on the horse a little bit. Um, hoping to have, uh, hoping to have my my posts ready this sometime this week. And yeah, we're gonna. I mean, this is gonna be the week we're gonna try to get our preseason coverage started. Uh, and it is wild. We're you know a little a little over two weeks till the first preseason game. So yeah. like. It's coming. Basketball is coming. That's great. Well, uh, Josh and Kirk, as always, we meant to talk for 15 to 20 minutes. Instead, we talked for 30, and that's what makes us delightful to hear, I'm sure. <laughs> um, there's another podcast coming tomorrow afternoon, evening, with me and Lucas Q. Um, and we talked a little bit about Summer League and sort of his his uh, what he's writing and what he's looking forward to. And then I'm going to try to bring on probably Ben and Matthew. Um and we'll see what's next. So, uh, Josh, you got anything else before we peace out? No, I think we've talked enough. Let's get out of here. Killer. It's been uh, Kirk Henderson and Josh Bowe, Mavs Moneyball After Dark. Like, subscribe, uh, you know, all that great stuff. Tell your friends, and we will be talking soon. Everyone have a good week. <laughs>